chapter 22 through 29 of The Paradise or Garden of the Holy Fathers, book one by Palladius, translated by E.A. Wallace Budge. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A preface concerning those who have fallen into the errors of sins. It is very necessary, O my brethren, that we should also keep in memory the histories which concern the life and deeds of those who have tripped up and fallen as an excellent admonition of those who come across this book, just as among the trees that were in paradise, the tree of good and evil was also found, so that if it happen that certain men lead good lives through the grace and help of God, who is wont to help those whose motive of soul is directed straight to the mark, they may not be exalted overmuch and have pride in their works of ascetic excellence. For on many occasions this very excellence itself hath been the cause of a fall when it hath not been made perfect by means of a correct motive. For it is written, I have seen the righteous man who hath perished in his righteousness, which also is vanity. Ecclesiasticus 7.15 Chapter 22 Of Valens the Palestinian And there was a certain man whose name was Valens, who was by race a Palestinian and by education a Corinthian, now the blessed Paul ascribed to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 4, as a special attribute, the passion of pride and inflatedness. And having come to the desert and dwelt with us for many years, at length he arrived at such a degree of vaunting that he was laughed at by the devils. And from this state he went astray, little by little, until he was derided by them. And they became able to make him think that angels were appearing unto him. Now therefore one day, according to what they relate concerning him, as he was working in the dark at the labor of his hands, the needle wherewith he was sewing together the palm leaves fell down on the ground, and although he searched for it, he could not find it, and a devil lit a fire for him until he found it. Because of this thing he became the more proud, and at length he became so proud and allowed such arrogant thoughts to rise up in his mind that he despised and thought scorn of the holy mysteries of the body and blood of Christ. And moreover, it came to pass that certain men of discernment came and brought unto the church some dried fruits as a means of obtaining a blessing. And the blessed Macarios, our elder, received them and sent them to the brethren, that is, some to every man in his cell. And among the brethren he also sent some to Valens, and Valens took the man who had been sent to bring the fruit to him, and heaped insults upon him, and smote him, saying, Go and say to Macarios, I am neither inferior unto thee, nor am I more of a servant than thou art, that thou shouldest send me a blessing. Now Macarius knew that he had been laid hold upon by error, and he rose up and went unto him at the turn of the day that he might persuade him. And he said unto him, Valens, Valens, thou hast made thyself a laughingstock, and hast fallen into error. Receive then correction. But seeing that he was unwilling to hearken unto his admonition and reproof, he left him and departed. And having become more confirmed in his pride, and having reached the summit thereof, that devil who had completely led him astray, went and made unto himself a form wherein he resembled our Redeemer, and he came unto him by night, together with phantoms of angels, in great numbers, who marched along, bearing lamps and wax candles. 
and they advanced with chariots and carriages of fire, as if that devil were Christ himself. Then one of the angels came forward unto him, and said unto him, Christ loveth greatly thy life and deeds, and thy boldness of speech, and he hath come to see thee. Get thee forth from thy cell, and do nothing whatsoever except such things as I shall tell thee. When thou seest him afar off, fall down and worship him, and go back to thy cell. Now therefore, when Valens had gone forth and seen the ranks of phantoms, bearing lamps of fire, and the Antichrist himself sitting upon a chariot of fire, now he was distant from him about a mile. He fell down and worshipped him, and Valens was so much injured in his mind that at the turn of the day he was sufficiently mad to come into the church and to say before all the brotherhood who were assembled therein, I have no need to become a partaker in the offering, for this day I have seen Christ himself. Then the fathers tied him up and put iron fetters upon him for about the space of one year, and in this way they made him whole. And he was praying continually, and they humbled him and brought him down from the exalted conception which he held concerning himself by means of sundry and device works, for a lovely and humble character, and thus they rooted out of him pride, even as it is written, each opposing sickness must be healed by medicines which are contrary and opposite thereto. Chapter 23 Of Hero the Alexandrian, Bishop of Diosopolis, about A.D. 365 and there was also my neighbor, a man whose name was a Huron, Hero, who was by race an Alexandrian. Now his early manhood was exceedingly glorious, and he was enlightened in his mind, and his intellect was keen, and the habits of his life were pure. This man, I say, after performing many labors, was also seized by the passion of boasting and pridefulness, and he wavered and fell, and... He evolved in his mind and imagined great things against the fathers, and he reviled also the blessed Evagrios, saying, Those who allow themselves to be persuaded into accepting thy doctrine certainly go astray in error, for men require no other teacher than Christ. And he put forward and urged in witness of his words, with foolish intent, the speech from the gospel, which our Redeemer also spake. You shall call no man master on the earth. St. Matthew 23, 8. And his understanding became so greatly blinded that at length on him also iron fetters fell, and he was fast bound, because he would neither be persuaded, nor would he receive to be a partaker of the holy mysteries, although he loved the truth greatly. Now the food upon which he lived was too little, and the habits of his life were immeasurably strict. For according to what those who were continually with him used to relate, on several occasions he only partook of a meal once in three months, the participation of the mysteries only being sufficient for him. But if it happened that he came across some wild herbs by chance, he would eat them. Now I myself, with the blessed man Albinius, received an experience of him when we were going to skate. Skeet was forty miles distant from us, and we partook of two meals and drank water three times on the way, whilst he tasted nothing at all during his journey with us. He traveled on foot, and he was repeating passages from the scriptures by heart. During the time that he went with us, he repeated passages from the scriptures and sang fifteen psalms, 
and repeated the Beatitudes and the Epistle to the Hebrews, and the book of Isaiah the prophet, and a portion of Jeremiah, and after that the Gospel of St. Luke, and after that the Proverbs. And in spite of all this, we were unable to overtake him as he trudged along. Now therefore this man was at length persecuted by lust as by fire, and he was never again able to dwell in his cell. But he went to Alexandria, and by reason of his pride it happened unto him, through divine providence, even as it is said, one good is rooted up by another. Nevertheless, having fallen willingly into a state of indifference, he finally found redemption. Now he was presently continually at the shows of the theaters and circuses, and he was never absent from the public drinking rooms of the taverns. And thus, whilst he was leading this life of prodigality and drunkenness, he fell and was brought to a standstill in the merry ditch of the lust of women. At length he went to one of those women who are at the head of the grade of the harlots, and because of his passion, with all boldness, he held converse with her. And these things, having thus been done by him, were broke out in the place of his nature, a carbuncle which grew with great vigor, and a sickness waxed sore upon him for a space of six months. And his members rotted away, and they had to be cut off. By these means he became finally cured, and he remained without members, and afterwards he went back again to the integrity of his nature, and to divine thoughts, and he came to the desert and confessed all these things to the fathers, and though he remained not a long time there, he did not flee from leading the ascetic life, nor from weeping because of what had happened to him, nor from offering up the repentance which was meet. And after a few days he died and departed from this world. Chapter 24 Of Ptolemy the Egyptian who was in Skeet. And there was another man whose name was Ptolemy, and he was by race from Egypt. And he observed a rule of life which no man is able to describe, or rather it is very difficult to relate the story of his life. He dwelt away beyond Skeet in that district which is called Climax. Now the place which is thus called is impossible for a man to dwell in by reason of its ruggedness, and it was distant from the stream of water wherefrom the brethren used to draw twelve miles. Now this man Ptolemy used to take many vessels for water and carry them to a certain spot where much dew fell, and in December and January he used to collect it, for in those countries the dewfall is abundant and having gathered together for himself water and sponges, from time to time they were squeezed out by him, and the water which he had collected from the dew ran out. And this he was in the habit of doing during the fifteen years which he dwelt there. Now this man, having for much time been deprived of doctrine or teaching, and of the meetings with the Holy Fathers, and of the intercourse of edifying speech, and especially of participation in the mysteries, went wholly astray from the straight path, as if he had said, the matters of service from the state he senselessly departed, and went on until at length he went into Egypt, and delivered himself over to prodigal and riotous living. And he never more spake a word of excellence unto any man. And his madness came upon Ptolemy, because of the senselessness and exalted opinion which he held of himself. Even as it is written, those who are not under the law of the governors shall fall like leaves. Chapter 25 Of Abraham the Egyptian 
And there was also a certain man whose name was Abraham, and he kept the rule of life of the sternest hardness in the desert. And he was hurt in his understanding by reason of the vain opinion which he held concerning himself. One day he came to the church and strove with the elders, saying, I have been made an elder by Christ during the past night, and ye must associate me in the ministrations of the priesthood. And when the fathers had come to a decision concerning him, and had brought him out of the desert, they laid a light rule of life upon him, and in this manner they cured him of his arrogance, and brought him to the state of being sensible of his feebleness, and of having knowledge of his infirmity, through which the devils made a mock of him. Chapter 26 Of a Certain Virgin Who Was in Jerusalem And moreover I saw a certain virgin in Jerusalem, who had been clothed in sackcloth, for three years, and she had secluded herself in a solitary cell, and had never permitted herself to enjoy any of the desirable things wherein there is pleasure. Now this woman, having been forsaken by the divine providence, because of her immeasurable pride and arrogance, fell into the ditches of fornication, and she opened the window of the habitation in which she had secluded herself, and received the man who ministered unto her, and she had intercourse with him, and because she did not continue to persevere in faith, and in the ascetic life, with a perfect will, and with a mind which possessed divine love, but departed therefrom, for the sake of men, that is to say, for the sake of vain glory, doing so, moreover, with an evil intent, and with a corrupt and levacious mind, for her own thoughts having been cut off, since they had been robed of the divine understanding, she came to the condition of casting blame upon others, the guardian of chastity did not remain with her. Chapter 27 Of the Virgin Who Was in Caesarea of Palestine And again there was a certain virgin who was the daughter of an elder in Caesarea, and having been beguiled and led astray by a man, he who led her astray taught her to bring an accusation against a certain reader of the church of the city. And the time having arrived, when it was known unto all, that she was with child, and being called upon by her father to confess her matter, she made an accusation against that reader. Now her father the elder, because he believed her implicitly, made known the matter unto the bishop. And the bishop was a holy man, and a fear of God, and one who did not hastily pass sentence of death or punishment upon any man. And when only it was revealed unto him by God, whether he who was accused before him was indeed guilty or not, so the bishop went and shut himself up until the matter was made plain unto him. And because God informed him that the reader had never been nigh unto the woman, he held him to be innocent and condemned the virgin. Chapter 28 Of a certain woman who fell and repented. There was a certain virgin who was a nun and who dwelt with two other nuns, and she led a life of abstinence and voluntary self-denial for nine or ten years. And having been beguiled and led astray by a certain singer of psalms, she tripped and fell, and conceived and gave birth to a child. Now she hated with the fullest hatred him that had beguiled her, and she repented within herself with a perfect repentance. And she followed after repentance with such vigor that she went beyond the bounds of what was seemly. And she continued to observe fast with such self-denial and strictness that she well nigh died of hunger. In her prayers she used to make supplication, saying, O God, who dost support and sustain all creation, and who desirest not the death and destruction of those who err and commit sin, 
if thou wishest me to live before thee, show me a marvelous thing in this manner, and gather in this fruit of sin which I have brought forth, lest because I cannot again attain to chastity, I kill myself through reproach and disgrace. And having made supplication for this thing, she was hearkened unto, and he who had been born unto her did not remain very long alive. And from the day wherein she fell onwards, she neither saw him that had beguiled her and led her captive, nor held converse with him. But she gave herself to frequent fasting and to ministering unto the women, who were sick and smitten with disease for the whole of a period of thirty years. And thus her repentance was accepted by God. And he at length revealed unto a certain holy old man concerning her, saying, Such and such a woman is very much more pleasing unto me by her repentance than by her virginity. Now I write down these things in order that, if any man be observing a correct rule of life of any kind whatsoever, which is pleasing unto God, he may take heed lest he fall, and that even if he be tripped up in a snare and fall, he may not come to despair and remain in this fallen condition, but that by leaning upon the staff of the hope of the divine mercy, and by arraying himself through repentance in the apparel of simplicity and humility, he may again become strong enough to stand up, for we should not despise those who are truly repentant. Chapter 9 of another virgin who fell and repented. A certain virgin, the daughter of an elder in Caesarea of Palestine, having been beguiled and led astray by a man, fell, and he who had beguiled her instructed her to make an accusation against a certain reader of the church of the city. And the time having arrived when her conception became known, and being called upon to confess her matter by her father, she made the accusation against that reader, and the elder her father thereupon, like one who believed her implicitly, made the affair known to the bishop. Then the bishop laid his hands upon the shrine, and commanded that the reader should be called. And his affair having been inquired into, like one who was confident in his own integrity, he was unwilling to confess that he had done the wrong. For how was it possible for him to accuse himself of that which he had not done? But the bishop became angry and said unto him, Wilt thou not confess, O wretched and polluted man, thou guilty one who art full of uncleanness? And the reader made answer unto him, saying, Master, I have neither knowledge nor feeling about this matter, for my thoughts and mind are clean in respect thereof, and no thought concerning this woman hath ever entered my mind. But if thou wishest to hear that which hath never taken place, I will say that I myself committed the offense. And having spoken thus, the bishop straightway removed the reader from his position. Then the reader drew nigh and entreated the bishop, saying, Master, since I have tripped up and fallen, give the command that the woman be given unto me to wife, for I am no longer a cleric, and she is not a virgin. So the bishop gave the woman to the reader to wife, because he thought that he was held by love of her, and that he could not cut the affair concerning her out of his mind. And when the reader had received the woman from the bishop and placed her in a religious house for women, and he begged the woman who ministered unto the wants of the sister to take care of her straightway. Now a short time afterwards, the day arrived wherein she must give birth to her child. But the poor creature was not able to bring it to the birth, and although she could hardly bear the cruel and violent pains of her birth pangs, 
which were bringing her to the house of the dead. Her child did not come forth. And one, two, three days passed, until the seventh day arrived, and by reason of her great and frequent sufferings, the woman was nigh to come unto Sheol, and she neither ate nor drank nor slept, but she was crying out and saying, Woe unto me, for I am dying, and I made an accusation of fatherhood against such and such a reader. Now the women who were standing before her, having heard these words, made them known to her father, who, however, fearing lest he should be blamed severely because he had made an accusation of fatherhood against the reader, held his peace concerning the matter for another two days. And meanwhile, the young woman neither gained relief from her sufferings nor died. Now, therefore, when the nuns could no longer bear the pain of her violent shrieks, they ran and told the bishop, saying, Such and such a woman hath for some days past been crying out and confessing that she made an accusation of fatherhood against the reader. Then the bishop sent deacons unto him with the message, Pray thou that the woman who made an accusation against thee may have relief. But the reader answered them never a word. Now he had not opened his door since the day on which the accusation had been made against him. But he entreated God and made supplication unto him that the matter might be made known and the truth revealed. Thereupon the father of the woman went to the bishop, and the prayer was offered up in the church, and even by these proceedings the woman did not obtain relief. Then the bishop rose up and went to the reader and knocked at the door, and the reader opened it to him. And he went into him and said, Eustathius, rise up and unloose that which thou hast fastened. And at once the reader knelt down with the bishop, and they prayed to God, and straightway the woman gave birth to her child. Thus were the supplication of this man and his constant persistence in prayer able to clear away oppression and to chastise and rebuke also the woman who made the false accusation. For from that day onward she fulfilled the days of her life with good works. And we should learn to be constant in prayer and to recognize the power thereof when it is offered unto God with the deep feeling of the whole heart. End of chapters 22 through 29